Moose and Maggie in for Gio and Jones. Mark Malusis, Maggie Gray with you. Hit us up on Twitter at Maggie Gray, at Mark Malusis, at CBS Sports Radio, or at Moose and Maggie. Four ways you can go about doing that. I'm sorry, I got distracted by yes. the television because <laughs> it's a Today Show, and yeah. they're saying you should put like motivational messages around your mirror, like you're, you're fierce, you're, you're great. smart. I feel like my motivational message would be like, have hair like Tom Verducci. That's it. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'm shooting for. Nobody's got a head of hair like Tom Verducci, <laughs> who joins us now. MLB Network Sports Illustrated does a fantastic job. Good morning, Tom. Happy 4th. A little early, bud. Yeah. Happy 4th and uh, happy midpoint of the baseball season. Yes. Well, that's exactly We're right. We're almost there. We're there. And this is really interesting, Tom. Obviously, all-star ballots get released. First off, you know, we always uh, ask about snubs and Chris Bryant comes to mind, a few others. Do you feel like anyone at this point can stake that claim and who do you think may have gotten left out? Well, to me, I thought the, the voting was pretty good, actually. If you want to quibble, and I do think this is more quibble than an outrageous snub, uh, I would have gone with Robinson Cano over Starling Castro at second base. Now, you know, that's the player's vote, so it's tough to really say they were wrong. Um, the same with Francisco Lindor. The players went with Lindor at shortstop over someone like Andrews or Xander Bogarts who are both on the fan balloting for the 26th spot. But overall, I think they did a pretty good job. Remember, the rosters this year have been trimmed from 34 to 32. So uh, our annual game of playing who got snubbed the most, and maybe that's a little more in play this year with a slightly shorter roster. When you look at it, it, it it's interesting, uh, Tom, because uh, y- all the young stars that are in this league, right? And you see this Yankee team, they've they've got five representatives. Uh, the Nats, I think, have got five. Um, you know, Jansen's upset, certainly. You're seeing Justin Turner. He's a guy that should be an all-star with the way that he's hitting. But what about the state of where this, te- where this league is uh, with all the young stars that it has? Well, yeah, I think you hit on the, the- – probably one of the biggest trends in baseball is the fact that it's the guys who are capturing the game and captivating the fans are extremely young. Uh, I really feel like a page is turned. A lot of these guys we expect to be at the All-Star game every year, like a Miguel Cabrera, um, you know, a Troy Tulowitzki. Guys in their 30s, you don't see a lot populated on these two rosters. So it is a young man's game. I'm I'm really surprised, guys, in all my years covering baseball. I think it's the, the strongest group of young players I've ever seen, at least the deepest group. I'm talking about guys like Judge, like Bellinger, uh, going back a couple of years to Correa and obviously Trout and Harper, who are making impacts, really serious impacts at the big league level right away at a young age. I mean, the learning curve now has really been shortened. Tell me, any theories as to why that is? I mean, is this just a particularly talented crop that's ready to go, or are we seeing perhaps, you know... Guys who get specialized when they're 10 years old, they play nothing but baseball, and that's somehow having an impact. Yeah, a little bit of that. I do think that's true. Um, I think in general the population is getting bigger and stronger. I mean, look, we've got Corey Seager at shortstop. I mean, I haven't never seen anybody like Aaron Judge, who's six foot seven, athletic as he is, uh, who's so athletically skilled at the game of baseball. He's not just a big guy. He's a really good athlete. Um, you know, the other day I'm in Cleveland. I watched Bradley Zimmer playing center field at six foot five. I know he's not in the All Star game, but these are the type of players we're starting to see come up who have size and athleticism. And the other thing I think we're this is really the first full generation of players who grew up in really this travel ball industry era, where there maybe it's true that in general the population is not playing as much baseball, but the ones who are playing it, I think, are playing more competitive baseball than ever before, and the reps that they're getting in 
as teenagers, as young 20s, uh, there's never, never, never been anything like this. So I, I think they come prepared more so than ever before. That's to not even recognize a lot of these guys have their own private coaches. So they're well-schooled, well-drilled, um, and you'll see it at the All-Star game next Tuesday how young these stars are. You know, Tom, just to follow up on that, we're talking with Tom Verducci, Sports Illustrated, MLB Network, does a fantastic job, National Sports Writer of the Year many times, Emmy Award winner, the whole thing, the whole deal. But Tom, one question for you, right? Because I, I really liked your article that you wrote for SI about the lack of action that's happening in these games. So I'm curious, right? We have these young stars who are who are ascending at a at an incredible rate on one side, making the game very exciting. But then on the other side, you have the lack of action, the emphasis on strikeouts and on home runs, leading to a, a game that can be described sometimes as boring. So what happens? How do those two things square each other? What What's going to win out? And ultimately, what does the immediate future hold for the sport? Uh, Maggie, you just hit on, I think, the most urgent problem baseball is facing, and that is the pace of action in the game. It's not necessarily the length of the games. Although you could say that's problematic, it's more the pace of action that in between the ball being hit out of the park, there's just way too much dead time, whether it's just the ball not being put in play because of the emphasis on strikeouts or especially the dawdling that goes on. I mean, every time now a runner gets to second base, we're going to have a conference on the mound with the catcher. That has to stop. Uh, what we're doing is we're giving anybody who's a casual viewer of baseball, and this is more about viewing the game than actually the in-park experience, we're giving them reasons to go look at other screens and devices, distractions, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're not engaging the viewer consistently enough. That's the biggest problem with baseball. You hit it right. I mean, everything should be lined up in terms of capitalizing on popularity of the game. Plenty of young stars in the game, and I think really good role models as well. And the fact that the Cubs won the World Series last year, the TV ratings were the best in a quarter of a century. Baseball was positioned to really capitalize on the enthusiasm of last year, and I think they've dropped the ball because they should have addressed these issues. And I know they tried to with you again in the offseason to make the game look more engaging, and it's actually gone in the opposite direction. The game actually has slowed down even more. I, I truly believe, whether the players want to agree with this or not, that MLB is going to make sure the game looks different next year. I'm talking about a possibility of a pitch clock at 20 seconds between pitches. I'm talking about a limit on timeouts where the catcher can't go out to the mound more than, say, five times in the course of the game. I think they realize something has to be done. They want to do it in cooperation with the players. But it's got to the point now where they just can't wait for the players to come around on this issue. Uh, you know, Tom, as, as we transition away from that, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. Well, you the know, players are going to fight back yeah, on they, this. I mean, yep, right. it's, it's going to lead. I mean, it, this is the thing about baseball, right? And sorry to cut you off, Moose. It's like they've had this great labor piece for a long time, but any baseball fan well, can something's only. something's got to give. The games are way too long. Well, I mean, you, they just are. You don't have to go back that far and be that big of a, an, of a baseball fan to realize that that labor piece is tenuous. I mean, it can yeah. go the other way very fast. Uh, Tom, how about the you know later on this month? How big of a market is there going to be? Uh, you know, in, in terms of trades for the contending teams to go out there and try to improve themselves for the postseason. Yeah, I do expect it's going to be very busy. Um, remember, the CBA did change some of the uh, compensation rules when you lose a free agent. And just to give you a, a concrete example, the Tigers right now are playing themselves out of it somehow in the American League. It's hard to be out of it completely in the AL. Um, they got a guy like J.D. Martinez who could be a free agent at the end of the year. If they extend him a qualifying offer and he signs elsewhere, 
they only get back a fourth-round pick rather than a first-round pick. So that, to me, is incentive for these clubs to see what's out there. That You should be able to do better than the equivalent of fourth-round talent for a guy like J.D. Martinez, even for a two-month rental. So I, I think that will juice the trade market a little bit. The fact that so many teams are in contention in the AL, I think, will help. Um, I look around baseball, guys, and it seems to be the same story that you better have your bullpen fixed. And teams like Texas, teams like Washington, will definitely be on the market for bullpen arms. You saw how important it was last year with guys like Miller and Chapman being moved. The game, really, especially in the postseason, becomes about bullpen. So I would expect you will see a lot of relief pitchers get traded. Tom Berducci is our guest, Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, MLB Network. He does it all. Uh, we mentioned about the trade deadline, Tom, and, and just the Astros. I mean, in terms of what they may need or where they may be looking um, as this deadline draws near, don't forget, it was Sports Illustrated. Talk about the curse all you want, the cover <laughs> jinx. But they did call it, I think Ben Ryder had that um, had that article a couple of years ago where he called the Astros as your 2017 World Series champions, and it sounded crazy, but now... It doesn't look so. It doesn't no. look so nuts. Yeah, no. I mean, that was a great call. Ben did write the story. I mean, no one's handing them the trophy just yet. But right now, I think we all can agree they're the best team in baseball. I also think, guys, that they're the most fun watching baseball. I love the way they play baseball. That's a team that you know had been analytically built where they kind of disregarded strikeouts, like a lot of guys and teams do in today's game. They figured out that. To really win in the postseason especially, but just to grind out at bats and wear down other pitchers, they needed to be better at making contact. And they've done that. They're one of the best in the game now at making contact without sacrificing power. They're young, they're athletic, they still hit home runs. I think they're a fun watch. The question is, do they have enough starting pitching to get them through three rounds of the postseason? Right now, I would tell you no. If I'm Jeff Luno, I'm not comfortable right now with my starting pitching. I, I think they will be an active team on the market. I think they'll look at a left-handed relief pitcher as well, a matchup lefty, but I think they'll also really scour what's out there at the top of the market. I'm talking top of the market like a Sonny Gray and Garrett Cole. I know they'd love to have Jacob DeGrom for the Mets, but he's not going no, anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. So that's just to give you an idea of where they're shooting. They want to make sure they have somebody who's going to start one of the first three games of playoff series. And they have a very good farm system. It'll have to hurt to make a deal like that. Uh, but I think based on where they're at, having never won the World Series and having a team capable of it, they should make a trade that hurts. Tom, uh, we have less than a minute here. You mentioned Judge. You've never seen anything like it. I mean, just the, the meteoric rise to stardom for Aaron Judge for the Yankees is just unbelievable. It is, and two things stand out for me, and I know Matt Holliday talked about this when he saw him in training, uh, spring training. He had never seen anybody. Now, Stanton's a big guy, but I think Judge actually is a little more athletic. He's a better defender. And his discipline in the strike zone is what stands out for me, guys. I mean, that guy was a swing and miss guy. He was a chase guy last year. You wondered if he'd ever be an everyday player in the big leagues. I can't recall a young player who kind of flipped the switch so quickly. He made some mechanical adjustments, but his command of the strike zone right now, and you see the way he's getting pitched now, getting so much respect from pitchers. Uh, he's still not biting. He's not taking the bait in terms of chasing. I, I can't tell you how much I've been impressed by what he's been doing. Tom Verducci, Sports Illustrated, MLB Network. Hey, Tom, we certainly appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us here on this Monday morning. Uh, happy fourth to you and the family, and we'll do it again soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it.